From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. On the fourth episode of 2020, our top story, a blind strap hanger was mercilessly beaten on a seven train platform after he tapped another man with his cane. Doesn't that just sound frightful? In a couple of minutes, I'll welcome my guests, two of my good friends for years from the always informative, hilarious, meticulously edited and produced the Thrill of the Kill podcast, ex-exterminator comedian Larry Izzo. Also joining me, my good friend and an accomplished comedic entertainer. He's the two-time winner of the coveted Frankie Award for Most Reliable Performer in the Field of Stand-Up Magic or Hypnosis at the annual Frankie Bastille Awards and New Jersey State Association's Roundup of the Local Order of the Moose. That's Rich Carucci. Today we'll talk about the usual crime which happens here in New York City, including a violent Brooklyn vagrant who punched, tackled, and laid on top of, and then repeatedly punched, an NYPD cop, was arrested and, under the new bail reform laws, released immediately, at which time he returned to the scene of the crime, his favorite spot for vagrancy. Where is it? I'll give you a hint. It's in front of a Bank of America in the Vio BK. Plus, Larry reveals that once, while driving, he hit a kid in his car. You don't want to miss that. I'm not trying to say up here, but there may be more to the story that unfolds in the next episode. Also, Frankie Award-winning comic Rich Carucci tells the story of the time when he worked overnights and refused to let a homeless guy come inside to use his work bathroom, only to find the guy in the morning, sitting on a bench at a nearby bus stop, dead. All that and more, but first, I have to talk about the story in the New York Daily News about the blind guy who got punched on a seven-train platform in Queens. First, the reason I'm talking about it up top like this is because at the time the three of us recorded the audio for this show, I hadn't read the story very thoroughly or looked at... uh, I just hadn't looked at it closely, and, and I didn't cover it completely. I think... We covered the basic story, but I I didn't cover the coverage. And more than ever, I find myself interested in the details of crime news coverage. I formulated my thoughts too late, so that's why they're here. Now, this isn't going to sound very nice, and I appreciate it if you would uh, not tell anybody that I'm saying it. But the blind guy who got punched, I don't feel bad for him. In fact, while I don't agree with punching people, Except in self-defense. I mean, I would never punch anyone. I would never even punch my own wife. We'll discuss it during the show. I don't believe in in spoiler alerts because, you know, spoilers just information now, which you otherwise would have gotten later. Does that really require an alert? I don't. I figure it's 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 not my job to preserve anyone's willful ignorance. Uh, story appeared in the New York Daily News. By the way, it will be obvious what the writer wants you to think and. Uh, who you're supposed to be judging. I'm not teaching a class here. As I said, the title, Punch Me So Strong, Blind Man Beaten in... (laughs) Punch Me So Strong, Blind Man Beaten in Queen's Subway Station by Stranger. He accidentally tapped with Kane. I was going to hold off on talking about the language of it, but I just have to point out, tapped. He tapped him with the cane. Okay, that should tell you something right there. All right, so mm, here's the lead, okay? The gentle tapping of a blind subway rider's cane gave way to the crunching sound of a sucker punch to his face. The 54-year-old handicapped man, 
remained in serious pain as he struggled Wednesday to comprehend the violent outburst from a stranger that left blood pouring from his nose inside a Queen subway station. The victim was using his cane to exit the number seven train when it tapped someone trying to board about 7.40 p.m. this Saturday. And things almost instantly turned bizarre and ugly on the platform inside the Jackson Heights 74th Street Broadway stop. This man, he starts making animal sounds. The sightless victim told the Daily News in an exclusive interview. His phone dropped for some reason. I doubt it was me. I doubt I tapped him that hard. Well, witness told cops that the infuriated would-be passenger paused to retrieve his cell phone before making a brutal beeline toward the overmatched man with the cane. As police recounted the tale to the victim, the attacker, quote, picked up his phone and then came behind me, the blind man said, and... As soon as he sees my face, he punched me so strong. I think he broke my nose and I started bleeding right there. His attacker punched and kicked him in the face and blood spilled from cuts to his face and head. Ooh. The victim, who asked that his name not be used because he still fears his attacker, said his efforts to call 911 were foiled by the blood dripping onto his cell phone screen. The assailant fled the scene aboard a flushing number seven train and has not been caught. The victim, a Turkish immigrant, whose wife is also visually impaired, was treated and released at Elmhurst Hospital. If I wasn't visually impaired, maybe I could protect myself, said the still-hurting victim. Police released video and photos of the suspect today, uh, on Tuesday, asking the public's help tracking him down. Anyone with information is asked to dial Crime Stoppers at 800-577-TIPS, with all calls kept confidential. The victim said his initial anger at the attacker subsided over the past few days, and he even offered some advice to the malevolent mauler. Get some help, please, the victim said of his assailant. Go to the hospital, please. Or come to Central Park running with me. I run six miles every time I go there. I'm telling him to come run with me instead of punching. This is dog shit. Um, you know, the reason... Um, we have evidence and trials and process and stuff is because, you know, it's not really all that neat sometimes. And there's always a gray area, it seems like, uh, to a large degree. There's, like in this case, punch a blind guy. Uh, until I hear otherwise, you're probably wrong if you did that, you know. Most likely, whatever was happening, uh, it didn't legally warrant a physical attack of a blind guy. Blind people probably account for less violent crime than any other group except maybe babies or quadriplegics, conjoined twins, a guy in an iron lung, the boy in the plastic bubble. They're way down there among those types in terms of hurting people, usually, I would think. And I haven't seen the stats on it, but I'm willing to say it anyway. However, what a blind dude can do is be super fucking annoying. At, at this time, I need to point out that my uh, father-in-law, in fact, is blind. He listens sometimes. Now, this has nothing to do with you, Jerry. Uh, it has nothing to do with him. I'm not trying to send a, a passive-aggressive message or anything. I, I like Jerry. I like you, Jerry. You know that. Uh, he's great. Best father-in-law that I've had this decade. No question. I say that unreservedly. I'm going to go ahead and tell you about some of my issues with the story, and then we can just get it over with. What kind of story opens with gentle tapping. I mean, when they editorialize from the second and third words of the first sentence, something tells me that they're trying a little too hard 
to make it uh, absolutely certain that this guy didn't do nothing to nobody. Gentle tapping. Um, it's just a little too uh, emotionally wrought for me, and I don't... And it's, and it's also emotionally wrought in a very particular direction. Um, this guy's a 54-year-old uh, Turkish uh, immigrant. You know, I, I think the uh, middle-aged uh, Turkish immigrants are, are probably very well known for the gentleness of their tapping, you know? You know what I mean? Meet somebody like that sometime and get back to me. He's in serious pain uh, as he struggled Wednesday to comprehend the violent outburst from a stranger. That left blood pouring from his nose. So, you know, he says this about his nose being broken, as I read earlier in the story. It's not confirmed um, by hospital or anything like that. And he just said, I think he broke my nose. So he didn't break his nose, okay? He punched him. I have not seen the video. It's not here. So I guess there must be a reason for that, but it's not here. So we, I really don't know how, how bad this attack would look. The victim was using uh, his cane to exit the 7 train when it tapped someone trying to board. Things almost instantly turned bizarre and ugly on the platform uh, inside the Jackson Heights 74th Avenue Broadway stop. So what you see here is strange to me. He was using his cane, and then things almost instantly turned bizarre and ugly on the platform. So they're not saying the guy missed his train because he bumped into the guy and dropped his phone or whatever because the guy tapped him with his cane and he tapped the phone out of his hand or whatever. They're not saying that. They're not giving you the understanding of what made this guy so angry. He missed his train because the guy knocked the phone out of his hand. He had to retrieve it, I guess, but he couldn't retrieve it and get back on the train in time. A light tap with a cane, you know, there's no way that it, like, uh, knocked it, like, way across the platform or anything like that, like, so far away that he couldn't run and get it and come back. doesn't tell you that in the story, though. It doesn't tell you where the phone went. So I think it's pretty clear that what happened in this case is that the phone fell into the gap and that that's why the guy couldn't get on the train because the train was there. And then when the train left, he could retrieve his phone and then make that beastly beeline or, or whatever they said. Now that the phone fell onto the tracks. Worth mentioning? Worth mentioning in a story like this, isn't it? Doesn't it make you sort of understand why this guy was pissed off if this guy, when he says, his phone dropped for some reason, I doubt it was me, I doubt I tapped him that hard. Why does that sound guilty to me? It just does. I doubt I did. I doubt it. It sounds to me like he knows he did. Because people, when they know they didn't, they say, absolutely not. This guy's out of his fucking mind. I didn't tap him that hard. I mean, his phone dropped, so that's where it went. I mean, the phone went onto the tracks. They don't mention that. They should mention the track. I, I see it. Okay, imagine you're getting on the train, right? And some blind guy is like waving his cane around or whatever. You know, Mr. Muckle, Mr. Muckle. And boom, your phone drops because he taps your phone somehow. You know, that's... Uh, Shit happens sometimes, right? I don't think it was just the phone dropping. I think the guy was probably a fucking asshole about it. Probably mocking the guy or something after that. Now, I know that... Now, this I have no... I have no evidence of except the kind of guy that it seems like this guy is from his quotes. <laughs> I, know, I know I'm taking the guy's side who hit the blind man. This is a real bold move. You guys... This man, he starts making animal sounds. Okay, so, you know, he's angry. He's probably making a growling noise. I doubt he's like, you know, he's not like a dolphin. He's angry. He's not a farmer, says. He starts making animal sounds. So, you know, the way he's trying to make that sound, I would think it would be fairly reasonable. His phone dropped for some reason, as I said. Okay, I doubt it was me. I doubt I tapped him that hard. Uh, a witness told cops 
The infuriated would-be passenger paused to retrieve his cell phone. Now they don't tell you where it is before making a brutal beeline toward the overmatched man with the cane. They don't tell you. But that is the one and only place it could be, is that it fell into the gap. No question. This guy knocked this guy's fucking phone into the gap. He got pissed. The guy was, you know, fucking... The guy was still around, first of all. I mean, after the train had completely gone, uh, the blind man had not made his way completely out of the... Uh, out of uh, the, the subway station yet. So why was he hanging out? Do you see what I mean? I'm not victim blaming. I'm just wondering why he was still there. As police, maybe he was getting a transfer. I don't know. As a, as a police recounted the tale of the victim, like I said, he picked up his phone and came behind me. And as soon as he sees my face, he, he punched me so strong. I think he broke my nose. And I started bleeding right there. Okay, now, uh, <laughs> punched me so strong, whatever. His attacker punched and kicked him in the face. Blood spilled from cuts to his face and his head. Uh, how do you kick him in the face? I guess he would have to have knocked him down. But um, I'm just not really sure. It doesn't say who said that. I mean, you know, of all people who don't know what the fuck is going on, it's this fucking blind guy, this victim. He doesn't know what the fuck happened. He has no idea. I just didn't tap him that hard. So anyway, okay, the victim, he doesn't want to be fucking... He tried to call 911, but that was foiled by the blood dripping onto his cell phone screen. So, um... <laughs> That's a very dramatic little detail, you know what I mean? That's a very, like, I tried calling, but uh, it's blood. It was, it was blood all over the phone. It was bloody. It was a bloody mess. I couldn't make a call. The victim, a Turkish immigrant, whose wife is also visually impaired, treated and released, as I said, okay. These guys have no idea what the fuck each other look like, by the way. If I wasn't visually impaired, maybe I could protect myself. If I wasn't visually impaired, maybe... I mean, that's kind of a degree of self-pity you don't really hear from a career blind person very often, you know? I mean, like, uh, if I wasn't visually impaired, maybe I can protect myself. He's giving the central casting version of a blind guy to this reporter. Perfect. They, they got exactly what they wanted at the Daily News. The victim said his initial anger subsided. Would your anger subside it? Really? I mean, you were beaten, thought your nose was broken. You didn't do nothing. Nothing. But your anger has subsided now, and he says, "Get some help, please. Go to the hospital, please, or come to Central Park running with me. Hey, we could be pals. You know, we're not so different, you and I." And he, he also is uh, certain to get the humble bragging. I run six miles every time I go there. Whoopty shit! I'm telling him to come run with me instead of punching. Well, aren't you the better guy? So I don't know if you see what I mean when they leave out the shit about the tracks. And that is the one and only place the phone could be. There's no other way to drop it right there and not be able to get onto the train. And if you dropped it on the tracks, you would have to miss the train because it's down on uh, down there. It's 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 in the gap. So to me, that should be mentioned. Uh, the uh, again, the fucking gentle tapping, gentle tapping. Now and look, this guy here, you know, he, uh, who, who's the the suspect? You know the. Uh, he's he he's got long dreadlocks, kind of. I guess I don't know. He's he reminds me of the Beat It video for some reason, Michael Jackson. And you know what? Just a side note here, because I just can't resist this uh, headline. Like I said, blind man beaten in Queens subway station by stranger he accidentally tapped with cane. Um, his attacker is uh, he, he's a black guy. Had this been a white guy. I would love to see the way they would write it. Because even in a story like this, it would be different. Very. Immigrant would be in the fucking headline, by the way. 
or whatever. I'm not trying to get political. I'm just saying this is the victim bias. Because in this case, the malevolent marauder is also a victim. So it's victim on victim crime. I read a lot of crime stuff. And uh, from talking to the writers and editors I've talked to about, you know, crime stories, news stories and stuff like that, what I've, what I've been able to determine is that they like a, a very clean narrative, okay? In these tabloids especially, you know, uh, they like, uh, they actively avoid nuance and shun shades of gray. But we all know that situations like this happen all the time. Every day in New York, people are trying to make trains. It's crowded and it's stressful. And some people uh, here are just not team players. But when a moment gets infused with uh, drama, someone says uh, or does something and you can see red and uh, you just release that anger and you do it in a way that's not legal. But at that moment, you don't care about that. You don't care about it. You don't care about a damn thing. So the point is that even if a law has been broken by someone in the story, sometimes we may identify with the wrong person in that story. Maybe you don't think this is a big deal. Maybe you don't. I'm almost 100% sure you don't. I think this is just the one that I read that was one too many. Enjoy the show. Real quick, a lot of people over the years have asked about the early episodes of this show, which has always been the New York City Crime Report with Pat Dixon. The first... 165 episodes haven't been available uh, now since like 2014 and uh, the shows go back to spring 2011 i'm really happy that there's interest in the show i appreciate it and and in uh and also in the older episodes too so thought about you know how to try to put them together into some kind of a collection but i don't have time to do all that so i'm gonna i'm posting them in order now episode number two is up at patreon.com slash pat dixon nyc and you can click the link also at crime report.nyc i'll trust you to rewind if you didn't catch those addresses by the way i'm shadow banned on patreon.com but i'm still on patreon.com uh, the best easiest way like i said to get there and contribute like a very small amount of money per month, three, five, ten dollars a month, is to click the link on the homepage, crimereport.nyc. Now, you'll get some videos, bonus stuff, stories, whatnot. Uh, my uh, website for this show, as I said, it's a pretty simple place, but it's all mine, crimereport.nyc. There's a Patreon link there. Now, you can also link to PayPal from there if you feel like making a one-time donation. I don't love saying all this, but, you know, somebody out there today wanted to hear that. And, and, and if you don't want to do that, it's not a problem. None of these things are a problem. I don't care. Uh, share the show with a friend. I'd appreciate it. Uh, we're doing fine, but the show has room to grow. So let's see what we can do. Only one thing to do now. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Yeah, wait, What's I mean, next? The deaf? I don't, yeah. Well, the deaf, you know, they, they're sort of a little harder to spot, you know. Sometimes you just think they're retards, you know. You don't want to mess with them. They got that strength. They'll mess you up. Yeah, what if I want to fight with a fucking gorilla, I'll go to the zoo. <laughs> People are emboldened now. I was walking just uh, moments ago in uh, around, it was on, you know, 14th Street, very busy. And uh, there's 6th Avenue, wrapping up a conversation with Jessica Rotundi. And uh, the guy is like, uh, you know, talking to, doing, going into his pitch. You don't have to... I'm telling you no now. I'm saving you time. They'd hate it when you do that. Yeah. Though. They want to give their pitch. So he's like, oh, you know, he was not even hardly saying words. 
guy's probably about 50, 55 years old, I would say, you know? And, and he goes, uh, yeah, so I'm like, all right, we're wrapping up conversation. He goes, all right, wrapping up. <laughs> like, Come on, hurry up. I'm got shit to do. Yeah, I got other people to 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 intimidate, but which I guess was was the idea because I start to walk away. He goes, I had to punch you in your fucking face, and I've never had that in New York City where the really? the hostility of a beggar usually that's a Chicago thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 the, yeah. That's not so much a New York thing because huh? they typically are more sophisticated here. I've always thought, and they know. Well, first of all, they kind of got, you know, the rap on the fucking... It got out of the culture, I think, the begging culture right. back in the Giuliani days and in the Bloomberg days. And now it's a, a different uh, guy at the top. So they feel, you know, like, I mean, we know there's really not a punishment involved. Yeah, there isn't. So they're they're greatly emboldened now. You know, What's he got to lose? He yeah. goes to the station for a couple hours. He's got nowhere to live. It's not ruining his day. It's, not, it's hardly a wrinkle in free his, inside for a few minutes. Out of the rain. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead, say something, say something. <laughs> say something, say something. That was the whole idea. I don't want to talk to you. Right, right, right. You know? Uh, yeah, that's... I don't want to be near you. <laughs> best case scenario, I beat up a homeless guy. That's best case scenario. And it's not that likely, really. You know what I mean? Not that likely. I mean, like, I don't think he was that homeless. He seemed more like a guy who just got out. You know what I mean? Of, for, of jail. Uh, right? Of jail, yeah. Like, he seemed like a guy who, uh, you know, just... Because he, he he didn't look like he wasn't in shape, you know, and he wasn't dressed like in total rags. So, and anybody who can manage life in a homeless shelter, I'm already afraid of you anyway. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because they are, uh, it's it's a dangerous place to be. Oh, yeah. My sister-in-law used to work for the Red Cross. Really? And once in a while, she would ask me and my aunt, my aunt was like 80 years old, to go out in a cold night and get cabs and bring the homeless into her shelter. I never did it. <laughs> the aunt did, but I never did it. Fuck that. And uh, yeah, well, I was—I gave an excuse. I had to go to work or whatever. But you know, anything. But it was a crazy uh, time, and they didn't want to come, and they would fight you tooth and nail. You well, wanted to take them to a show. You can't have some of them. You can't be on drugs or drunk. I worked—I worked as a dispatcher in Hackensack, and a homeless would come there, and you would be able to call. There was a church around the corner that anyone could go to. That was the only one place, mental illness, drugs, anything could go there. But all the rest of the places, you had to come at a certain time. You had to leave at a certain time. And usually when the morning came, they would start with asking for ambulances because then they would go up to the hospital. They're never going to pay the bill. Right. They get a pill. They get a shower. They get a sandwich. So, you know, it was, a, it was a routine. We had frequent flyers. So what you're saying, the homeless shelter used to let them out at a you certain You had to leave a certain hour, you got to leave. Well, I believe in that. They'll be laying you, around all day. But you couldn't be there yeah, drinking. If go. you were drunk or on drugs, you couldn't be in them. Get, get up out of the bed and beg. Go beg. Yeah. Yeah. Go bother people. Do something with yourself. I had a guy, though, that go came. sell some pencils. Where I worked in the 911 center, he came to the center. And I used to have, I used to feel bad. I'm up all night. I'm in, the, and I'm behind the glass. And he came in to use the bathroom. And I, I let him use the bathroom. But we had a problem using the bathroom because you're not supposed to really let. It's a public building so you're but it's after hours we let somebody in once we opened we, they didn't come out and it was a guy and a chick doing it in the bathroom so then this guy came and i let him in the hallway he used the bathroom and then he slept in the hallway and then he woke up in the morning went in the parking lot and tried to break into the car so i get hell from my boss okay. and everybody else so then a couple he comes back like two nights later i give him money to get something to eat i said go to the diner get something to eat i can't let you stay here he falls asleep on a bus stop outside where I work. He sleeps at a bus stop. About 7 in the morning, I open the giant garage door because my shift's almost over. And I'm just seeing, you know, and I see a cop by the bus stop with his nightstick poking the guy. Then he looks at me, 
gets the international sign for he's dead. And I'm like, holy shit, the guy froze to death at the bus stop. And you're like, that's my 25 bucks in his pocket. I swear to God. I felt terrible. I can tell you the exact bills. (laughs) I felt terrible and they were breaking my chops at work. But I go, what do you want me to do? You tell me don't let him in? Yeah, you might give up your job. You don't know what to do. Two nights later, another guy came. I said, listen, I'm going to give you advice. Do not fall asleep in the bus stop. Yeah. Yeah, and, right and, and here's yeah. I mean, like you're not gonna give it. if you have to kill a guy to keep your job. I, I couldn't let him in. You will do it. You know. I mean, like, uh, <laughs> you're not, would you rather I've gotten fired or that guy be no, dead? No, no, no. You'd rather him fired. be dead. I have kids and shit. I had a. Kid. That's right. You got to take care of business, and that gets nice. You didn't fucking make every choice this guy made. Yeah. No, you can't feel bad about that. Yeah. But I would. I just thought you were worried about the money that he didn't spend yet. You know. No, he went to the diner. He came back with food, and he ate it. And I watched him and everything. He bought him his last meal. Is I what did, you did buy him his last. And yeah, you know yeah. what? That is a that's a fucking nice guy thing to I do. I guess I never thought of it like that. I was like, oh god, he's dead now. And then everybody at my job starts making fun of me because they hated me anyway. And they're like, you killed that guy. <laughs> and I'm like, no, you killed him because you told me I couldn't let him in. Like, what? How do I? What did I do? Really, it was well, it was it was uh, the institution that killed him. It was yeah. institutionalized. But I remember working on Wall Street in the '80s. It was homeless all over the subways, yeah. and I would not give them money. But once in a while, I used to buy a bagel or something, yeah. like an extra bagel or an extra cup of coffee and give it to them. They throw it back at you. Yeah, they spit they on didn't you, want too. The fu- they don't want the food. No, they don't want the food. They I'm, want the money. So now if you give it to them, they're like, I'm, I'm, I'm gluten-free or I'm a vegan. Right, I'm a homeless I'm a vegan. vegan. <laughs> you nuts? I can't eat this shit. Go get me a... But meanwhile, a deranged man sucker-punched an NYPD officer on a violent broken sidewalk, pinning the cop to the ground, refusing to budge, later released despite felony assault charges. Yeah, look at that. Wild video shows Stephen Haynes, he's a 40-year-old guy, socking the uniformed officer across the face outside a Bank of America. Oh my God. That's his regular place to post up near the corner of Livingston Street and Court Street in downtown VB. Uh, Haynes who police said uh, had been uh, sitting on the sidewalk drinking and blocking pedestrians. That's what they say. Uh, He briefly brawls with the officer before wrestling him into the pavement in a swift attack that sends a nearby trash can flying into the street. This is from body cam footage, and I assume we'll be looking at... Oh, no ad. How nice. Yeah, next time you think cops are overpaid, look at shit like this. Oh, my God. What the hell is this? Oh, I guess this is the ad part. I'd like to the ground. Oh, that was something else. the fuck? Here we go. Butt crack. See, look, what happened? It was like the hitting part. Oh, this was with his partner. Yeah. All right, Stop hitting him? <laughs> she should be whacking this guy a little harder. Why isn't she tasing him? No, because, you know, because you can't do shit like that and, and not be the subject of a fucking He's public scrutiny. He's assaulting a police officer. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I, I'd, I'd shoot, shoot him. I'd shoot him. In. I'd shoot him. Yeah. Doesn't shoot matter. Him. Doesn't matter. The guy could wrestle the gun away from the cop. Doesn't matter. Then I might they shoot. Don't care. I might shoot her they don't for care. not helping. They're going to get Sanford yeah. Rubenstein to come and sue you and, and and take your pension and your job. I immediately go back to the station to get us for a new partner. By the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I got to say, shitty quality on the fucking video there. I mean, it's of a fucking. It was of a screen, a, a laptop screen. Look at this chick. Jesus Christ, this is a weird looking bitch. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else could see it. Yeah, even uh, a blind guy could tell. Uh, right. <laughs> so yeah, you saw that, and and she's just tapping him with the yeah. fucking with the with the with the club and or the night with the, the what do they call that now? It's not a nightstick. It's a uh, baton. Baton. The baton. I've been yeah. beaten by cops. I got freaking wood shampooed. Man, they know how to beat you. That was you know. That was the old days with the yeah, old. I deserved sticks. it, but you know they went from wood to a composite. To the uh, now it's a I think the, a metal rod. The wood hurt rod, more. I don't care. The wood was a it crack your head. with No, it's splinter. Yeah, no, the wood was yeah rough. Yeah, the wood yeah, was yeah, tough. They beat the hell out of me with I that. Mean, it worked. It's primitive. I got hit one time. We were chiming up on a corner in Queens, and they arrested us for vagrancy because we didn't have any money on us. The what? Lloyd, yes, they locked. The, he's a brand new cop. He was probably on the street maybe ten days. In the what? Nineteen eighties or eight seventies? Oh no, this is going 60s? back to the uh, late sixties. Oh, okay. early seventies. No, I think in the late sixties. What neighborhood? Uh, Glendale, Glendale, oh. Queens. Okay, and and they arrested you for that. We were. They ran you. They ran you in. They ran you in. They <laughs> ran us in. Yes. That's crazy. They, they gave you the a shot in the back of the legs first once in a while. Now, that is like shot. actually fuck, a shot to the back of the legs. Tell oh, yeah. me about that. They would hit you in other words, if you, you know, were screwing around with them, they just give you a shot in the back of the leg. And yeah, take, with take the you stick. out. Yeah, take you out right by your. You know, they knew how to do it back then. They yeah, that in the academy, I'm sure. Yeah, well, you know, the thing is about this is that like uh, they this they were because you didn't have any any money vagrancy because you didn't have any money on, on you on you so this right. guy no, was no, trying no. to make I a little arrest probably <laughs> I'm, not I'm not fucking don't get defensive about not well, having what was any I money. supposed to do with 16? if that was a crime I'd be going to jail every single fucking day <laughs> every, every comedian would <laughs> believe me but uh no the point being that like they, they talk about how bail is supposed to like it it penalizes uh it it, it criminalizes poverty but that's exactly what that is right <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, in the old days that, that's yeah. the way they did it that's right you, you stayed in jail there were cops though that had the art they can throw that. Oh, absolutely! Stick. So you're running down the block. They wing that sideways. See those guys, they take them? you right out. Yeah. Holy shit! I got I got Rodney King over on 163rd. I think it was in Broadway back in the late 80s when I was buying drugs there, and the cops stepped out from behind a van. I was like, oh shit! The cops like, what are you doing here? Would you come see your grandmother? Because I got back in the car. I had friends in the car. <laughs> I couldn't pull out. I couldn't pull out to get in traffic. And the one cop went on one side, pulled out his gun. The other guy walked up to my side. I said, no, I came to buy pot, which was bullshit. I came to buy fucking hot hair. But... And he goes, well, you can't tell the truth that much. Why not just be tell the truth about the drug? He goes, you didn't. He goes, at least you're not lying like those other guys. And as he said that, he came in through the window and hit me in the back of the head like you would hit a fish. And after that, I didn't. He just laid on me, punching. And the other cop had his gun on my friends, and he's swiping at my friends with the thing. But he beat the hell out of me. And, and did worked. you get arrested? And I can't no, leave. I went. No, you knew when I started beating you back then. You weren't, you weren't getting, arrested. getting arrested. Yeah, I welcomed it. Take the meeting. I would rather have the yeah, meeting. No, take I always had a bag of pot in my hours. sock that yeah. I could show them in case they pulled me. Right, say, oh, right, look, right, I, got, right. I came for pot, and I would give it up. But back and, then, pot was a big Right, big it, well, thing, then yeah. they used to throw it on the ground, beat me up, and tell me, get your pot and get the F out of here. And I would, okay. Hmm. Yeah, no. Wow. Uh, see, they knew. Uh, see, what's the point of that? Like, uh, I mean, I guess you get beaten up, and you're not going to bring pot well, they knew I was around there. him anymore? Well, or? I was in a coke area, so they figured, oh, this idiot's just here for pot. Uh -huh. You know, they're like, you know, taking cars. He doesn't know anything. Right. He, he brings his own pot to buy more pot. Well, they, oh, they thought I was leaving the building. They thought I was leaving the building. I go, no, no, I just bought some pot. Please let me. And they would take the pot. And they would, you know, fuck with me. And I had the coke hidden in the other sock on the other foot. And they wouldn't, you know. Hard you know. on a black man, 
right? Uh, Never went to jail for that, but I got beat up a bunch of times. Can't we all just get along? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. And, and, and nobody rioted about that beating either, And all they? the drug dealers on the side of the building were laughing, laughing hysterically. Not only that, after he beat me up, he kicked all these dents in my car and started beating my car with the club. Uh, you know, nobody videotaped that. No, no, you're a white guy. It sounds to me as if they just don't want white people down there buying drugs. Well, yeah, that's, and I didn't go for, uh, you know, about a month or two after that. I stayed and bought my drugs in Jersey. Like yeah, better was- luck if you went in blackface, right? If you went disguised. <laughs> because they'd be just like, ah, business as usual. But when they got white people showing up, it's like people are starting to learn about this, right? Oh, like, absolutely. It's, it's becoming a popular drug outlet. Right. It's a yuppie they drug. They call man. it follow the white guy to the crime. That's what it is. When he goes in a bad neighborhood, they follow because they know 99.9% of, of the time, you are the crime that's coming in there. Isn't it funny, though, the difference now? This guy wrestles this guy to the ground. He punches a cop. And nobody and does nothing. And he's out like that. You know what Somebody, I mean? You know, the guy's already out. The next day, he was out in front of that corner again. He was out in front of that bank he, again. He's just why lucky bother? he wasn't selling Lucy's. I'll tell you that right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, How yeah. do you not? They don't enforce that anymore either, I'm sure. You don't zap him or shoot him. And that chick. She partner. was very weak. She did not follow any police procedures. It's pathetic. But you know, like it, it, when you look at the the scrutiny that they get, you know, now body cams have changed yeah. the way they police a little yeah. bit, and that can be a good thing. And having the body cam on hand is good, or having it on chest, really. But it's good because you know it it clears more cops than it than it's going to condemn. It does, but I can't imagine having a body cam on me all day. I do ten, twelve horrible things a day. Yeah, yeah, really. At a normal procedure. Well, so long as you don't shoot any unarmed black no. men. Yeah. That's the big I thing. I don't need a gun. I, I'm against me having a gun. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, You're not people, against guns. Listen, you other people, one. good, have it. Thank you. Uh-huh. No, I not it's me. not for you. You don't want not one. Me. Huh? No, I don't need any. Yeah, but what if a guy's coming in your house with a gun? You want to have one then, I right? I don't have anything. You could you take whatever you want. I don't own anything. Yeah, he's got a fucking gun. What if, he's like, you, what if he wants you to suck his dick or something? Well, I'm not really good at it. I'm sure I could call somebody. I have friends that are gay. You know, let me get a few phone calls. That's I mean, right. <laughs> he's like, motherfucker, this ain't no grinder. Right. Not really that good at it. Suck that dick. <laughs> gun at your head, blowjob. Gotta get off him. Get off him, the officer says. She hovers over the suspect. All right, sir. Stop, 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 stop. Uh, Haynes continues to struggle with the officer on the ground. The officer, uh, the the other cop grips the man's jacket, attempts to convince him to move. She's begging him. Come on now. Come on. Pleads. <laughs> she pleads. <laughs> so, several other girl. police officers then arrive. Mentally. So, yeah, they, yeah, all this just because the guy attacked a cop and now he's at, uh, punching a cop used to be a big deal. Oh, used to be a big deal. I wouldn't dream of it. The cops Assault on a cop? Yeah, that's Kidding? crazy, right? I that's mean, that's saying going be, to prison, right? Yeah. The cops in your day, you know, what you guys are talking about here in New York City. Prison's the last thing you got to worry about, making it to prison. They got the right to. You know, back then too, you got the shipping that it was just part of the deal. You didn't go. I'm so when you went. Oh, no, you went right to right. Be more careful later. Yeah, next uh, time. Yeah, be more careful. Be even. Uh, be more respectful. Yeah, yes. but this guy, this is unprovoked. This is obviously unprovoked. Cops can't provoke you to hit them. It's just not. That, it's not in the fucking deal. There's no provocation to hit a cop. You're supposed to do what they say. Absolutely. It's that simple. Absolutely. And uh, those days are over. And especially in the the current state of affairs, where all this. Like, uh, did you know this? Now, there's a guy who uh, hit a guy. He was drunk in Harlem. And we sort of touched on this on the episode that we uh, did mo- uh, a few minutes ago, myself, Jessica Rotundi. But uh, the guy's name was uh, oh, Bark Kell or something like that. He's 23 years old, okay? 
this guy is, uh, he blew a point one six on the old... Uh, That's over the limit, right? What is it, point eight or something? Yeah, it's twice the limit. Uh, I had uh, twice the limit, and which uh, isn't hard to do. No, no. Well, no. What is that? Three beers? I was three times the limit when I got mine. I mean, really? Uh, yeah. Three. So three you were point two four. Yeah, yeah. It was, there it goes. It was big. I was. You know, I learned my lesson though. One time when I was sixteen, I got arrested. I blew a point two six, walking down the street. And I and I blew a point two six. Were you walking down the street? Yeah. And they arrested you for public intoxication. Well, I flipped the cops off. I blew a two six, and some guy that ran to my house with a gun. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I blew three times. I had to go through. Uh, I had to get the thing put in my car. That you have to start it. You had to breathe into. I was. It cost me about sixteen grand when I was done with everything, lawyers and classes and Jesus. all that shit. You, That's a lot, right? You're there. You, outside in Jersey, you're done. You, they got you. You're paying a lot of money. That's uh, so. What did it cost you to get out of that? About six. Oh, totally. Well, you got a lawyers and I got the lawyers. Grand, he said, "Yeah." And then it was the fines. Then it was the classes. Then you had to pay to have that thing put in your car. Were there sub surcharges to that? Sur oh, surcharges, three years of surcharges yeah. from the state, from the insurance. Plus, they hit you with all these all this. You can't say shit either. You're under. The, they do what I. It's like you know whatever they say. You got to do. Did they impound your? They car? screwed it up, impounded it, towed it, messed it up. Said that's your own fault. It, it was right. Destroyed. So the blame is on you. Anything I had they, in the car was gone. No they took that. Oh yeah, yeah. You're on your own. And you have to have a car to put that breathing thing in. If there's a, one car in your house that everybody uses, you're putting that in it. And then everybody's got to blow to make it start. I, 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 yeah, we guess so. I, oh, wait a minute. Once you get convicted of that, you have to get a. You have to have a breathing thing put in the car. You can't rent the car. I tried to rent the car from uh, the rent the car place when my car was. They wouldn't rent it to me. You have a thing on your license. They go, you don't. Have, we can't rent it to you. You have to have the. Uh, what they called it, man. My friends used to love that. They'd make me drive because they used to laugh all the time. Oh, look at this idiot. You know, but it was a pain in the ass. You could still have like two drinks, it would still start, but anything after that, it wasn't starting. So well, you can have friends that fucked with you that night too, and that you can never get home. They would just keep blowing it. No, they, you, you, have, it's, it's, you have to know how to do it because you got to breathe in and then suck back, and you only get three tries before it locks up. Well, you get three tries. Oh, I say it's like getting into your bank account. Three tries, and then they, you got to wait a half you an gotta hour. You got to get in luck, but it, it records everything. So when you go to get it calibrated, oh they um they read the whole thing. And yeah. So the first two, oh. you're like, you can sort of fuck around. But on that last one, you're like, I'm not taking any fucking chances. I got to get home tonight. Yeah, we got stuck in Delaware one night, me and Buddy Flip, because I did it the two times it wouldn't start. So we had to wait a couple of hours before. What year was uh, this? Eight, ten years ago. Because I, I got to tell you, in the 60s and 70s, you used to, I mean, we would get drunk all the time. Yeah. And we bang cars backing yeah, up. Yeah, no, they never did. Like I had a that. cop pull me over I was going to say, they pull you over. Sometimes if it was neighborhood cops, give me the keys. They gave me a ticket for running the red light and let me go for the drinking. It made my friend drive. I was hammered. Wow. Wait, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I was an idiot no, no, back I then. But yeah. I got—I was riding to go get more money. We were at a stripper bar. We needed more money from the, the ATM or Mac <laughs> machine, whatever they called it then. And I went to fly there, and I ran two red lights, and they caught us, pulled us over. And I think I told him what we were doing, and the cops like, "What?" I'm like, "We we'll hey, money to go back." Go. Just... He's like, "You drive. Don't let him drive." And they gave us a ticket for running the red lights. Uh, guy for blowing a point one six. They took him in. They arrested him. He stayed on the scene, and the prosecutors declined the case, right? Because in if they don't have it in fifteen days, they have to have the evidence fifteen days from arraignment. And if they don't, 
then that's it. And uh, if they don't, if they don't have all the evidence, this is in one of the new reforms as well. If they don't oh. have that evidence for this guy in 15 days, now I, I understand doing that if they're holding people. You know, uh, at least there's a point. The prosecutors have to come up with shit that fast. You know, as much as they have to handle, right? Yeah, really. So, but the guy is going to not be charged, uh, probably. Did I mean, he like, kill somebody? Uh, yeah, guy's dead. He ran into him in his work truck. He blew point one six. He was driving at work. To, oh, somebody's going to get a lot of money from a lawsuit. You think? All right. Well, they wouldn't let. They wouldn't really comment on whether or not he was on the job at the time, which means he probably was. Was with his family going to sue? It might be just some <laughs> some lawyer probably contacted yeah, the family. The, right? the lawyers already got him. Hooked. Yeah. Yeah. Five seconds after you're hit or in an accident, you got people all over you calling you. But Absolutely. they deserve it in this case. I mean, the guy, especially if the guy's not getting any justice at all. I mean, like I said, he's not charged with this shit. The guy's dead. And uh, there you go. Yeah, he's not getting any money. He's dead. But the, there's an epidemic of pedestrians getting killed this in the last few months it's in the city. It's it been, happens. Yeah. 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 No, they drive on sidewalks now and just take you out. Well, there's uh, a fatal hit and run. In, I seen a guy hit by a car right in front of me, man, one, years ago. It was horrendous. Nothing like they show on TV. This guy got hit, flew in the in air. In the air. And what got him was when he landed. He landed head first on the on the pavement. And, that, and some kid hit him that just got his license like a few weeks before that. But it wasn't the kid's fault. The guy ran out in a busy road in Teaneck. It was raining out. There was a bunch of cars coming. He decided he wasn't going to make it all the way. Stopped and then just froze. And this guy in like a TR7, those were those little triangle. It was like a yellow car. I remember seeing the whole oh, yeah. thing. The guy flew right, hit him. His arms flew right up in the air and bam. It's crazy. I that? hit a kid. Uh, Doing pest control. I was on Springfield Boulevard in, in uh, uh, Springfield Gardens. And I'm riding along Hillside Avenue, right? And then all of a sudden, a crowd of kids just ran for the bus. Oof. I'm doing like 35, you know? And I just took off from a light. So the, the light before was just turning green. So I wasn't, I had to, you know, catch up to them. I'm driving, driving. All of a sudden, right in front of my truck, about 30 kids. Wow. And one stop froze like a deer in the headlights. Like you said. And I hit them. And boom. This kid flew about 20 feet, came down, laid down, got up, started walking, started running, and then his friend said, lay down, and, his friend, and he lay down again. <laughs> and then the fireman came, and then there was a whole incident. As I hit a crackhead. Whoa. They just get up and it turned run. turned into almost like a whole racial incident. Oh. Really? Crown Heights. Yeah. Well, they, they stabbed my tire. Did they really? They stabbed my tire. They, they stabbed your my tire. tire. I called the. What, you have white walls? <laughs> <laughs> I turned them inside out. I turned them yeah, yeah. Damn. Uh, they and I called some people. friends of mine that I knew were in the area, exterminators, because I was just talking to them. They came Don't running. Don't mess over. with exterminators. That's right. Don't ever mess with exterminators. They came out with their cans flaring. Let me tell you. <laughs> and, Spray uh, bottles yeah. and your, and your bag. Now those kids are sterile. There was a lady there that actually stayed in her car. She didn't want to. She wanted to be a witness, but she had to wait until all the commotion worked. And so she, the fireman actually broke. The cops weren't even there yet, right? Yeah. The fireman broke this whole thing up. You That's when they were tough and stopped me from getting killed. They were gonna come and get you. Oh, you're talking about adults, right? The guy said they said you're dead. Adults came. No, these were kids. These were like 18, 19 year old kids. Uh -huh. There were kids oh, already see. in the oh, area. Picking up oh, their kids. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> picking up their kids. Thanks for being a Rich Carucci. Thank you for having me. Much appreciated. Thank you, Larry. Thrill of the Kill podcast. You can find it on iTunes, correct? Thanks, Pat. Yes. Okay. In Goodfellas, Paul Savino played the real Paul Ivario, who I happen to be very good friends with, his grandson. And um, 
When he went to jail for the Lufthansa crimes, he asked us to hold Mike. Little did I know these Paris lived for 80 years. Paul's been dead about 30. And Mike still lives in my house and talks exactly like Paul. Then you go in for the kill. When you walk out, he says, see you later, pal. And if you enjoy listening to me, then, you know, you obviously do if you're still listening uh, this far into the program. Then you can hear me on episodes of the Thrill of the Kill podcast as well. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report.